That's your job. <laughs> God called you to do that. So he finally got me up here. And this is not because of what he's going through. This was planned a couple of months ago. And so we kind of kept it secret. <laughs> Our pastor, as you see, is doing very well on pain meds. Thank God for the pain meds. <laughs> the update is they're going to keep him on this current program because his numbers did start to go down a little bit and uh, for a month. And then if they see it continue to go down, he'll stay where he's at, OK? Uh, pain meds are working, and we've got him in a good place. So we thank God for that. We're so grateful for all of your prayers and all of your love that you have sent, cards that you have sent. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. I'm going to take a drink. <laughs> all right. Most preachers this morning are preaching sermons on uplifting mothers and uh, praising them and everything, and we should, and that's what we are doing today. This is our day. But as pastor teaches us and as we continue to learn, we are to grow up in Christ. We are to grow up and come up a little higher. So today, we're going to talk about a, a problem that we have in America. And as we sung the song, talked about breaking chains, there's some chains in America and, and worldwide that needs to be broken. And one of those most important chains that has, it has done damage to our generations is the epidemic in America of childless or fatherless, not childless, but fatherless homes. Okay, and it's not to beat your fathers down. I'm gonna give some statistics here. And right up front, you fathers, some fathers that are raising their kids alone that are single fathers, there's 2.7 million of you. So that's huge. But the field is so open and wide to who is putting the most teaching and learning into the parents. More than 20 million children are living or raised without fathers. 2.9 million children are raised by grandparents. I thought that was just a huge, huge number. But praise God for grandparents that are raising children that have taken on, they've raised theirs and they thought they were gone, and now they've had to take on raising the grandchildren. 2.9 million is a huge, huge number. There are 80% single parent families. That means there's only 20% married families, husband and wife and children that are all together, 20%. That's sad. That's really, really sad. Then it also talked about with the fathers that are there, 17% of them have emotional problems, right? So really shouldn't be raising a patent rat. Really. If you got problems, what do you think your child is going to have? You know? So we have got to grow up. And yes, I'm a mother, uh, I'm a great mother. Amen. Thank you, son. <laughs> yes, and I'm very, very proud of my children and grandchildren. Amen. They have done very well in life. 
But there's so many that can stay, cannot stand and say that. And so many of you can say that, but there's some that can't stand and say that. You know? And what, what has really, really happened? The issues that we have with these children that are born, coming up without fathers in the home. The father is supposed to set the structure for the home. He's supposed to be the God man that's supposed to set the structure. But the problem is we're not following Christ. And the question this morning is, why aren't we, when we have our children or they start getting at certain different ages, why aren't we praying and asking God to give us the information that we need to raise the child at the age that they are at the time? That's the problem. We take the cute little baby, and it's beautiful, it's cute, we cuddle it, and we give it, nurture it, and we do everything to the cute baby. And we laugh at the two-year-old toddler and spank them at the same time because they're in their terrible twos, right? And then from there, from five years, we get them into kindergarten, and everything's cute about them. But then they start to, to get their brain to start to grow, and then what happens? Then t- trouble sets in, because if you don't catch a child between 5 and 10, whatever is set in that brain is there. And then when you catch them, if you don't catch them from 10 to 15, you're lost them. You have lost them. It is set. It is done. You're not going to turn it around. But where in there did we bring in Christ? A lot of these children are not in church. Parents are too lazy to get up and bring them to church. And it's not the children's fault. It's the parents' fault. Pastor and I talk all the time about, you know, parents and the kids, and kids are murdering kids. We talk about behavioral problems, and these are just some of the issues that they have. They have a greater risk of drug and alcohol use. They commit suicide. The suicide rate is off the chain. And it used to not be so high in our culture, in the black culture. Now it is huge. It's up. What is the problem? When did we start stop parenting? What happened? It almost makes you think that my mom is here today and my sisters. It almost makes you think we need to go back to the old way. Something is wrong. But the parenting then was different. It was hard, but I think we came out for the better of it. There wasn't murder. Kids wasn't murdering each other. You know, they had reasoning skills. You know, they could sit down and have a conversation. They could pull hair and talk it out and go their different ways. You know, back in my day, now it's a, I'm going to take you out. Well, something's very, very wrong with that. And we as Christian women, godly women, godly men, this is for you too, but it's, it's our day. We have got to grow up and start taking notice and setting things in place in the right way and in a godly way. And until we do that, things in this world are not going to change. We're going to still have generational curses going on. There's going to be murders and more murders and more kids. And, you know, I tell my, my ladies all the time, I, they, they say how, some of them talk about how lonely they are. And I say, well, you know, the husband that God sent for you that he thought would take the right journey and go on the right path, he's either in prison or he's dead. So don't worry about being lonely because you wouldn't have wanted to hook up with him anyway if he's in that state, right? You're going to lose him anyway. So that's where he's at. He's in prison or he's dead. It's just a real truth, okay? As we continue, don't, they do, don't do well in school. They're at risk of dropping out of school. The dropout rate is huge, especially above, among our black men. 
the black girls are soaring. Black women right now are soaring. But our dropout rate is horrible. We have got to turn things around. Men, boys listen to men. Mothers cannot do a male part. They can attempt to. They try to. But they're weary because they don't have what they need to, to teach these boys. Right? Because God didn't set it up that way. We're all out of order. When we talk about being a divine order, there's a divine order that God has set for us. We're out of order. We have got to get things together. And it's going to take lessons like this and thus in the church for us to get ourselves together and quit being selfish. I tell, I tell my people all the time, you know, when you have children, you don't have a life. Your children are your life. And we better get to understanding that. Once you have a child, turn yourself off and <laughs> hook into the child <laughs> and keep it moving. You know, it's all about the child now. I've heard so many come and say, I'm so worn out, I'm so weary. Well, what about my life? You don't have one. <laughs> That's a choice you made when you had the child. When you have a child, you, the choice that you make is to love that child, to nurture that child, to be everything that child uh, needs until that child is older and can do it for themselves, right? Got it? Okay? Crime and, yes, is, uh, is running rampant. Stealing and uh, how does a gang of kids get together and go busting stores and start stealing everything? What is wrong with that? What is the deal? Why does a kid get a pair of tennis shoes that their mother probably took their last check or welfare check or whatever and paid a hundred and some dollars for and you feel like you have the right to have them? Who taught their child that they have the right to take something from somebody? We should be teaching them to earn it because we earn everything. It doesn't seem that we get to know that until we get older. Can we get, become adults? No, you have to earn everything. Even your godly walk, your Christian walk, you have to earn that. What? By doing the work. You've got to do the work in your life. If you don't do the work, nothing is going to pan out for you. It's going to always be a, a slow climb instead of a steady climb. I would rather have a steady climb than a slow, a slow climb. So we've got to get busy, okay? And some, yes, die at a very, very young age. You have this beautiful baby toddler that you just love. And I don't say love to death, I say love to life. You love them to life. And they're such a cute toddler, and they grow up, and they become no telling what. But you put all the love in the front at the beginning, but you didn't put the love of teaching and the love of nurturing and the love of guidance behind that. There's a time when cute is over. It's, it's done. We're done, We're done being cute. Cute is done. No, it's time to go to work. It's time, it's time for that child to learn, to grow. All of a sudden, people are saying, well, my kid is not getting what they need, and it's the teacher's fault. No, it's your fault. You're their first teachers. And if you, can't, if you cannot sit down and read 15 minutes of a little bitty thin book to your child, there's a problem. You start, should start reading to a child when it's a baby, when it's an infant. 
They have a brain. They cannot talk, but they can. They can, yes. They can process it. They can receive. But it's up to us to do the job. We don't want to do the work. We want to put them off on the babysitter. When they get five, send them to kindergarten. Put them off on the teacher. It's the teachers. Teachers got to do it. No. Do your diligent job as parents. It's your job. Your job. Okay? Unfortunately, the task of raising children have been left to mothers. To mothers. If there's 20 million children living without fathers, then there's what? At least 17 million that are raising them. Say they got two, two, two kids apiece, we'll go to 10, that are raising those kids. Right? That's huge. What is the problem? We have got to wake up and get busy. Okay? We must seek God for information to help equip us with the tools that we need and the directions that we need to raise our children. Where do we find that? Do you know that the Bible has everything that we need in it? I call it our life, that's our life encyclopedia. Our life encyclopedia has everything in it that we need to be Christians, first of all, God women, to be God mothers, to raise our children in the way that they should go. So the scripture is, train up a child in the way it should go. And even when they are old, they will not depart from it. That's instructions right there. That's directions right there. And we're going to just deal with the word train right now. Because we have a problem understanding what it is we should be training them. Okay? Train means to cause, to acquire knowledge, to coach, to mentor. What is the problem there? Have you sought knowledge? Have you acquired knowledge? Because seeking it, opening the book, reading it, putting it down, and not taking the information and putting it into action in your life, you have not acquired it. You just sought it. But you got to acquire it. It means it become an active organ within you. It becomes set in your brain of what to do. Train a child. It tells us right there, train the child in the way it should go. Well, the Bible wouldn't be telling us to train our child to be a murderer. It wouldn't be telling us to train our child to be a shoplifter. It wouldn't be training our child to take something from somebody that is not theirs. Train a child in the way it should go. The way it should go is what? A God's way. But have we sought God about how we are to train the children? How many parents? And each think of our own hands. Just think about yourself. Did I ever sit down when I was pregnant or when my baby turned two or five and pray and ask God to give me the information that I needed to guide them, to nurture them, and to train them? Did I ever do that? You each have to ask yourself that question. And not to beat you up today, but what about your grandkids? What about the next generations? We've got to break the generational curses, right? The next word is mentor. Mentor means to give advice and instruction and to teach. To give advice. What advice am I going to give my child 
if I'm out kicking it in the streets. And all they see is me in my hoopty clothes going out every chance I get and coming home and they can't understand a word I'm saying. I can say hi and they're like, what do you say, Mom? It's a problem. What am I mentoring my child? What advice am I giving them? What am I saying to them? Do we sit down and have conversations? Or do we talk at, <clears throat> talk at the children? Let's start to talk at them and send them on their way, give them electronic something or sit them in front of the TV and go to your room. Or when you don't like them or don't want to be bothered with them, you send them to their room. What is wrong with that? It's supposed to be a family connection. It's supposed to be conversation. It's supposed to be communication. It's supposed to be teaching. There's every chance you get to talk and open your mouth or share with a child or anybody, it's an opportunity to, for you to teach. It's an opportunity for you to guide. It's an opportunity for you to mentor. It's an opportunity for them to be able to ask you a question. But if they are afraid of you because you have emotional outbreaks and you have anxiety and you're overwhelmed by this and you can't pay your bills and all that stuff, that's all your fault. That's not theirs. Not theirs. So we need to get it together. Quit trying to cause a child to grow up before it's supposed to and take on adult responsibilities. Because there are some kids that can think better than some of you parents. They're smarter than some of us. But then when we, they approach us, we're like, girl, get out of my face. Go in there and sit down. Go do this. Go do that. Why? Because we're offended. We're intimidated by their knowledge and by the, what they have. Really, if you start looking at things that way, you'll start to do better. You'll start to work the work that you're supposed to work within yourself. You'll start listening. You'll start hearing. You'll start acting out like a woman or a God woman should act, right? It's all about how you carry yourself around your children or how you carry yourself. It should be as a God man or woman in life because there's an eye on you. I don't care wherever you go. Whatever you're doing, there's an eye on you, and the first eye on you is God. He put something and placed it in our hands, and he asked us to take care of it. And all of us that have not taken care of what God has given us, we're accountable for that. We're accountable for what we didn't give them, what we didn't teach them, the ways that we didn't show them that were the right ways. We're accountable to that, all right? In mentoring, she is wise. She is a faithful advisor. Right there. If you don't have wisdom, seek wisdom. If you don't know, ask somebody. Because there's always somebody that knows more than I know or you know. There's somebody, always somebody that God has given wisdom that I don't have. Because in the Bible it says, when you have a problem, need healing or whatever you need, go to the elders of the church. Right? That means go seek some wisdom. You can even go to them and seek some courage if you don't have any. Seek whatever you need, but you can go and seek it. Okay? What is most of us? I don't want nobody all up in my business. Or 
You act like you got so much pride, you don't want anybody to know that you're that weak. How, just turn it around. You don't want anybody to know you're that weak. Because if you got some business, guarantee you it ain't just your business. Whoever is there with you, living with you, born you, raised you, around, it's their business. They know. There's an eye that knows. So understand that, okay? God has left us an example to follow. This here is the meat of the message. And this is found in Deuteronomy 32:11. Like an eagle stirs up the nest, its nest, and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carry them aloft or into the air. Let's just take the word eagle. Eagle, and what the qualities of an eagle are, is amazing. Number one, they're, they're big in stature. When they spread their wings, they're huge. And they look like they what? Are in control. You don't see other birds going around where the eagle is at. Right? Because the eagle is what our man, our godly man is supposed to be. He's the boss. But the, this eagle here has had to take on the role of the mother. Why? Because there's no man in her nest. He, he took off. Once the chicklets was born, the eaglets was born, he's like, I'm done. <laughs> he, he gone. Okay? But she is a symbol of power. She is very, bra very, very brave. Very strong. So strong when you look at it, you can look, just see the strength. Very, very intelligent. Because people don't like to hang around intelligent people. Have you noticed that? I noticed uh, when, when my daughter Marco was in school and, you know, and all of them, they would always look at the cute guys. Oh, he's cute. I like this and I like that one. And the geek over here with the big glasses on there, everybody left that one alone. But when everybody went through the trials of life, they wanted to go back and get the one with the big glasses, the intelligent one. Because by then they knew, oh my God, that one would have been a much better person for me, a much better man for me, and I would not have had to live through the struggles of life that I've lived through. Right? So it's all in what we choose. <laughs> Who we choose, we have to be very careful. But you got to be <clears throat> intelligent. She stirs her nest. She's not up there just running around in a circle in the nest, is she? But we take that literal just for what it says. The nest is the home. That's, that's their home. And her eaglets are in that home. And when she stirs about or goes about and flutters around that nest, the eaglets start either looking for food, right? Or they're looking for love. Some of them are whiny, like babies are. You, you know, everybody, anybody had twins or anything? One's whiny and the other one's, you know, just feed me, I'm good. Give me this, I'm good. And the other one's, no matter what you do, you know, that was whiny. But they, they're like, you think of them like people, you know? And so, you know, they, they're there and, and we need to, uh, she needs to do something in there. So she stirs the nest and it calls it stirring the nest, which means that she's waking them up. Stir means to make movement, to set in motion, 
and to nurture. Set in motion, make movement, nurture. If you think about all of that, we've left one of those ingredients out somewhere in our raising our children because we thought they were too cute. Oh, it's just a little doll. It just was cute. Oh, it's so cute when we just pass it around. And the two-year-old's just so cute. Oh, he's, oh, he's so cute. She's so cute. Put little brats and braids. She's so pretty. But what about the time of nurturing? What about the time that you're stirring them toward their journey in life? Because it begins at birth. Whatever you put into them while you are feeding them and loving them is part of who they're going to become in life. Right? And it begins from the, date of, from the time of birth. It actually begins in the womb because children can hear you in the womb. You should be praying over your child in the womb because you don't know what destination God has for that child. Right? So you should be praying for that child in the womb. And th this is just some instructions to get us going. We can teach our generations about that because some of us have not done these things. But when you learn to do it and you put it in action, then it should go generation to generation to generation. Right? We've got to break the generational curses. Okay? This is what the eagle teaches her eaglets. She teaches them to be strong in life. She can do that. Why? Because when they see her, they don't see hoopty mama. They see strength. When she flutters her wings, she spreads them wide. When she wraps them around them, she hugs them and loves them. They see strength in her. Right? And they learn that they can carry that strength through their life. Right? She inspires them by her actions. So when she feeds them the worms or whatever she feeds them, and she goes out and does whatever she does and brings it back to them, she's always inspiring them to grow, to, to, to feed, and to love, and to, you know, just to, just, to, just to go forth in life. Look at me. Look at mama. And when you look at mama, you should be able to find your way. Because she should be walking in the right way of Christ. Right? So I should have an example of what to look at as I grow up. We should have that. Many of us have not had that. Right? But we can get it because we've got many other generations that need it. it does, our mothering does not stop here where we're at. I'm not done mothering. Why? Because I have, I have a lot of you in here that call me what? Mama Gwen. Mother feels. My son says, Mother Sister feels. <laughs> I love him. So we have everything that we need within us if we've done it right to inspire our children. We can inspire them in, in, in reading, inspire them in learning, inspire them in teaching them skills. We inspire them so that they will have everything that they need to make it in life, right? She teaches them to be confident. Yes. Yes. She, she teaches them to be confident. And I can truly say I stand here on confidence. That's one, that's one gift I have. I, I, I'm confident. Very confident. 
So she teaches them confidence. She teaches them to believe in themselves. She teaches them that they are good enough. How many of us grown folks don't think we're good enough? Look in the mirror every day and like, wow, I sure don't like what I see. Well, you know what? I look in the mirror and I'm 71 and 71 is there and that's okay. And I'm good enough. I'm good enough. So we've got to start working as women, getting ourselves together. And this is a time to grow up, ladies. It's a time to grow up. It's never not a time to grow up. Jesus said, the Bible says, be ye perfect as the Father is in heaven. That means that as long as we're living on this earth, it's a day and a time to continue to grow to perfection, toward perfection. Right? None of us are perfect. Some of us have weaknesses. Some of us will, that will eventually become strengths. We're not all, we're not all, all of that. But you want to be able to look in the mirror and say, I'm somebody, I'm something, I am this. I may not have this over here, and I may be a little weak here, and I may need some study in here, some practice in here. But I am enough. Enough to keep moving and to keep growing and keep learning, to keep becoming. That's what this thing is all about. I want to be a better woman tomorrow, well, today, than I was yesterday. And even a better one tomorrow. I want to be a better mother, grandmother, than I was yesterday, than I am today, than I'm than tomorrow. Because it keeps moving. God did not tell us to sit down just because your kid is grown and gone on and do nothing. He said, we are mother to who? Mother. And fathers? fathers? We just need the fathers to show up. Okay? And that's just real. Because a lot of the problems that we're having in America is because we don't have strong fathers. Right? It's just true. There's no need to getting up here and trying to fix, you know, something and turn a lie into a truth. You know, we just can't do that. We'll never learn anything. We'll never grow up. We got to be real, and you got to own it. Got to own it, okay? She trains them when it's time to take flight. Have we all prepared our children for their journey ahead and when it's time to step out? Or do we make their life so miserable that we push them out? They're like, I'm running away from home, I'm going to hang out with the gang, I'm going to do this, I don't want to be there. I can't stand my mother. I can't stand my father. I never see him. He always lies. He says he's going to come and he doesn't come. You know, all this kind of stuff. We children have been through every bit of it. And I will not fix it and make it a truth when it's a lie. Because it's just real. Right? Have we prepared them that they can stand up, be bold, be confident, know who they are, assured of who they are, ready to take flight in life. Have we trained each and every one of them to do that? And those of you that haven't got there yet, learn to do that. Those of you that are uh, being grandmothers to, to grandkids, still got work to do. Why? The task has been left to you. When the task is left to you, God expects us to take hold, grab it, and do the best that we can with what? The power of God, the strength, 
and courage of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who had him, oh my God, the strength that he had to hang on the cross for us. Imagine that. And you think raising a child is hard? Do what he did. Go hang on the cross. No. My, my task is a lot easier. Thank God he didn't ask me to do that. Okay? But train them up in the way they should go. Train them to, when it's time to take flight so that they're prepared when it's time to take flight. She guides them out of their nest and out of their comfort zone. They can't stay home forever. There comes a time, if you've trained them right and taught them right and nurtured them right, it's time to go off to college. It's time to start a new life. Have you trained them to take to, 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 that they, uh, uh, for them to go forward into their new life? Or are they still trying to hang on and stay up under mama? Well, if they're hanging on, then what's the reason that they're hanging on? Why? It's something that they didn't get, that they need. Understand that. We've got to get them out, get them taught, get them you know, where they should be, and get them out of the comfort zone. Okay? The eagle hovers, this is a huge word here, hovers over her eaglets and stays close to protect them. Over her eaglets, she hovers. That's why her, her, her wingspan is so wide. She can protect them. She can cover them. She can hover over them. In that, they get warmth. In that, they get loved. In that, they're nurtured. They get all of that in her hovering. She shows them that they are important to her, that they are the best thing that ever happened to her in, their, in, their life, in her life. She shows them that when she hovers over them. It's always going to be somebody somewhere that is wanting to hover and give us the right information, teach us love, teach us understanding, give us direction, give us information, calm us down, put us in place. That's all a part of it. Thank you, ma'am. That's all a part of it. Understand that, okay? Well, let's see what God does for us. We have directions in Proverbs 22 and 6. We've been shown example in Deuteronomy 32, 11 of the eagle. Never forget the eagle, guys. Look her up. Look up her qualities. See which ones you have and which ones you don't have. Check it out. Go learn something. Learning is, is wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. I love it. I just don't like to read a book. This is, this is me and my learning. My mother laughs at me all the time. I open up a book to read it, and I do a couple of chapters. And I'm like, okay, let me just go back here and see what the end is. <laughs> <laughs> then I come back and finish kind of reading the book. But I want to know what the end is. I'm one of these people like, don't give me all of that. Just What's, what's the end over there? Well, sometimes... It's not good not to take a chapter at a time. <laughs> that is not the right way, right? But I laugh at myself, it's fun. That's a fun thing for me. But I do go back and get the information I'm supposed to get. So, let's see what God does for us in Isaiah 11 and 2. And this is in the message. It says, the life-giving spirit of God will hover over us. It is the spirit that brings wisdom. 
It brings understanding. It is the spirit that gives direction and builds strength. Mm -hmm. It is the spirit that instills knowledge and the fear of God. What is the first thing we're supposed to do becoming godly men and women? Is to fear God. He doesn't talk, he doesn't mean that in a trembling way, oh, I'm scared, you know, and he's coming, God's coming through Moses out of the mountain, and let's all take off and run, and we're, we're scared. No, he means fear him in the way that you will live a good life, a righteous life, a holy life, that you will follow his direction, that you will be obedient unto his word. Understand that he is the one that controls and has your life in his hands. It's not your own. It's not your own. So we are to fear him in the way that he loves us. He has a godly love. He's not going to do anything to us that will cause us any issues or any problems. He's just going to love us and teach us and grow us up in him. He's going to give us everything that we need, as we've mentioned here. He is the, he's the life-giving. He gave me life. He breathes the breath of life into me every single day. Right? He hovers over me. When I allow him to, and the problem is with hovering, you got to allow yourself to be loved, to be hovered over. Because if you don't, you're resisting what is, that is yours, that is supposed to love you and protect you and keep you and, and carry you through the information that you need for your life and for your journey. Don't turn from that. Let the Holy Spirit hover over you. Learn from it. It will guide you. It will speak to you even in the deepest, dark corner or cave where you think ain't nothing and nobody hear you. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. The Holy Spirit will guide you out of trouble. It will guide you on your path. It will take you on your journey. It is the indwelling Holy Spirit within us that speaks to our spirit that tells us what to do, when to do, what not to do, right and wrong. We have lived so much wrong in our lives, we don't even know what right is. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It didn't say be hoochie mama. It didn't say do all this other stuff. Body, my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I have the indwelling Holy Spirit within me. And if it's within me, then God would have sense enough to know that I wouldn't just need it in me, I would need it to hover over me, right? So God hovers over me while the Holy Spirit is in, within me, and it's helping me, it's teaching me, it's reminding me of what I learned, all the good that I learned, everything that the, my parents taught me. It will teach us to reason and to filter out the things that are not good. It didn't tell us to go around and collect all the bad things and just set off inside the good things. It will teach you to put off the old things, to bring in the new things. It will teach you to make room for God, make room for uh, the Holy Spirit, make room for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in your life. It is the better life to live. So not only does the eagle, is the eagle the example, but now we have God that hovers over us. And we have our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that empowers us and gives us the strength that we need. Amen. Understand that it brings wisdom. If you open up the book, there's wisdom there. 
Go to Proverbs. Go to Psalms. Read your Bible. There's all, everything that we need is in our book of life. Everything that we need is in our encyclopedia of life. We just got to go there. Take it off the shelf, dust it off, and use it. It does not take much to do that, okay? This is all about growing up and learning from this day forward, okay? Get understanding. Realize that you are not a know-it-all. There's many, many, many more that know more than you know. We're not unique, not special. No, every one of us are ignorant just on different subjects. I say that again, every one of us are ignorant just on different subjects. I ain't said nothing about your smartness and, and your, you know, all that, but we're all ignorant somewhere. Understand that. Seek wisdom. It will speak to you. It will guide you. It will teach you. It will take you where you need to go. Okay? Get understanding. Get understanding. If you don't know, you don't know. If you question it, you don't know. Seek understanding. The Spirit gives direction. Understand what direction is instead of getting mad and running off. Well, he said such and such and such. We have let so many people run off and never come back or whatever because, because pastor tried to say, no, this is another way. This is a wise way. And with them understanding that I'm not wise, I need to listen, they take flight. Get lost, and the next thing you hear, they are lost or need to come back. It's, it's quite something how it works. It, it really is. It's really pretty special. Okay? Build strength in the Holy Spirit. Build up strength in the Holy Spirit. How do you build up strength? You stay in prayer. You stay in meditation. You open your lives up to Christ. You build up from there. You study. You do the work. If you're a pitiful mess, admit that you're a pitiful mess and do some work. Get up. Get up, people. Get up. Do some work. Do some work. Quit being so lazy. We don't want to do anything. We don't want to do anything for ourselves. Don't want to do anything for the kids, for nothing. The house, nothing. Do some work. Get things in order. Get things in order. Get things in order. Got to do that. Understand that the Spirit of God instills knowledge of course, and the fear of him for a reason. Understand that. The Holy Spirit hovers over us to empower us, to teach us, and to guide us if we allow it to. And the key is we have to choose to allow it to, just like we have to choose our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We have to choose to follow God. We have to choose to be obedient. We have to allow it to. If you don't, there's another way you're going. And that ain't, hell, people think, hell, I'm not going to, hell can be life here on earth. Your life can be a living hell. Do you understand that? There's things in your life that will not go right, right? Because you're not walking the right direction. There's kids that won't respect you because you're not teaching them right. You're not loving them right. We've got to get it together, Okay. Some beautiful things that I put here that I wanted to say about our women, including myself. Never leave yourself out. Don't do that. We are special. That's why God chose us to birth 
his children. That's special. Number one, that's a gift in itself. The birth of a child is a beautiful gift. It's what we do with that child that turns it into a mess. That's what we do. Watch what you do. Watch what you say. Watch how you live. Watch how you talk. Watch how you walk. This is the qualities to me and the beautiful truth of a godly woman. She's honest, trustworthy, self-reliant, very intelligent. Got to use it. She's compassionate. We have a heart and an emotion for, for children and for people that our men don't have. They're not born with that set of capabilities. They have great qualities. That's why they have certain qualities that they need to run the household if they choose to, to use them. Men are great. They're awesome when they are in the place walking close to God. We have got to stop making bad choices because most of our miserable problems in our life is what we chose. And then we blame it on God. Well, I don't know why God, done, God ain't done nothing. He did not come down from heaven, come to your door, and lead you to the wrong man. He did not do that. You were needy and wanting and went and found what you thought you wanted, and it ended up being a mess. Just real. But look at your life and say, how many times did I mess it up? Let me take a time to make it right. Let me take a time to grow and to become that honest woman, to be trustworthy, to be self-reliant. Self-reliant means I don't have a need over here because I have done all the work in my life, and then anybody else that comes is an asset to me. It's not a need. There's a difference. Understand that. I'm not going to dummy down because of anybody. No, I'm intelligent. My level of intelligence may not be as high as others with education and all that, but I'm intelligent, right? But we allow ourselves to be dummied down. You're not this and you're not that. And counselor understands because she counsels all the time. Women and people that are just like this. Compassionate. We have that heart of compassion, that heart of love, which if we're not careful, be used the wrong way. Because everybody can see your heart of compassion and see your heart of love. And there it comes. Oh my God, this is one I can get. She's going to cater to me. He'll give me everything I need, but he won't be what you need. And he won't be what your children need. Understand that. To become a great, a godly family, you have to have a godly woman, a godly man, a kingdom man and a kingdom woman. Both walk in the same direction, equally yoked together. Then God blesses you with children. You're able to raise those children. Why? Because you have learned to be godly and you have learned to follow the directions of God and to, to allow the power of the Holy Spirit to guide you and teach you and take you through. You have allowed that, okay? So that's what we got to get to, and you're never too old. It's never too old to gain and take that peace in your life. We are forgiving, we have empathy, and we are passionate. 
all of the same qualities that we have as women, good or bad, is what we feed into our children. We have to be very, 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 very careful because it's what we feed them is what they become. Because sometimes we're the only person that's there. We as women of God has got to grow up to another level. We got to come on up a little higher. We got to do things in a better way, in, in, in a godly way, and we've got to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us. We must remember the mold, we are the molder of the child's character, right? We're the molder of our children. We must remember that we shape them into condition and we guide them to the start on their journey. We guide them on the start of their journey. When does that journey start? At birth. Remember that. God bless you this morning. Isaac.